Welcome to the Colby Cast, episode 184. Thank you for joining us. Happy Liturgical New Year! Today, Bonnie and I are joined by Katie Bogner and Sherry Van Vranken, creators of the new book, All About Advent and Christmas, Sharing the Seasons of Hope and Wonder with Children. In addition to discussing this new wonderful book, we discuss their backgrounds providing amazing Catholic resources throughout the entire year and how they got where they are today. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to information about their book and how to see the good work that they are doing. We hope that you'll enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, Colby homeschooling mom of four lads and lasses, liturgical musician, popcorn, and podcast fanatic. And this is Stephen, homeschooling father of five and director of development for Colby Academy. Hi, Stephen. What's a good word? I'm going with a very simple word today, which is just leisure. Um, okay. So I, I couldn't think of the word that actually, I think there's a word that probably would better describe that. But, you know, the, the leisure in the sense of like having time to take a deep breath, to think about things, to enjoy, to. So anyway, that's, there's, there's probably a better word, but that's, a, that's the best I could come up with today leisure. Hmm. I have an inkling as to how that word is applicable to the conversation we're about to have. It uh, Now we're in the season of Advent and, and the nature of the season invites us to slow down a bit and enter into some deeper realities in spite of all, a lot of a flurry of activity around us. It's my treat to welcome our guests today, Katie Bogner and Sherry Van Ranken. Ladies, welcome to the Colby cast. Thanks so much for having us. Yes, you're welcome. I'm very, I'm really, I'm really so glad to meet both of you, um, Katie. I've been following you for a long time. Your blog, Look to Him and Be Radiant. I was trying to think when I came across it, and I can't remember what circumstance. And in my mind, it's just always been like <laughs> I have, uh, I've really, really valued and appreciated everything you've put on your blog for many years now. I've found it very useful and enjoyable and enriching in so many things. And so to get to visit with you today is a real uh, privilege and blessing. So I'm, I'm really uh, grateful that you accepted our invitation or here to talk to us today. Sherry, it's really been a treat getting to visit with you as we've been preparing this episode and and seeing your work, getting to know your work a bit more on your Catholic Paper Goods website and other things. It's it's such a pleasure to just view all of your beautiful artwork and, and all the different expressions of your artistry. So I'm looking forward to getting to know you each a bit better, hearing about your collaborative venture uh, your book about Advent and Christmas. So I, I I tend to run away with these things in my excitement. I'm going to try to reel that back in. And Katie, I, um, let's start with you. Would you tell us a bit about yourself and fill out the picture a bit for us? <laughs> sure, absolutely. So my name is Katie Bogner. Um, I live in central Illinois and I am a Catholic school teacher. Um, that's one of the hats that I wear. Um, but I also am really involved in my parish and doing ministry there. Um, and as you mentioned, I run a website that is primarily for Catholic education and shares lots and lots of free resources for parents and teachers and DREs to help share the beauty of our faith with the children in their lives. And that that's how I know you through your website. And our family has done has been with Colby for about, what, seven years now, which meant that when my lads, who are now high school and college age, I was doing homeschool religion courses with them as middle schoolers. And we used the um, Ignatius Press's Faith and Life series for that. And I would go looking for supplemental material to go with what we were covering in class. And I would head straight for your website, Katie, and there would be a wealth of stuff, liturgical year and saints and virtues and sacraments and so forth. So I have this binder of of goods from, from your offering. So I, um, how did that get started? And that sort of thing. Yeah, well, Bonnie, it is such a blessing to hear of you using the resources. It, it just blows my mind every time I come across someone else who isn't connected with me in real life, who is finding things and using them. It just, it's its such a, a blessing. Um, so how it got started, let's see. So I've been teaching for 15 years and I'm a cradle Catholic, but, and my, my, my parents raised my sisters and I with a really strong faith. We never missed Sunday mass and we prayed together as a family, but we didn't do a lot else. Like we, like just as a specific example, like we never had an Advent wreath growing up or, you know, I didn't know much about the saints or we, we just didn't have that super strong Catholic identity, but 
it was still like a foundation of our home, if that makes sense. But when I went away to college, I got involved at a really wonderful Newman Center and uh, met some focused missionaries. And for the first time in my life, met other young people who were on fire for their faith and wanted to grow closer to the Lord. And so that lit a fire in me as well. And so I came home from college and um, got my first teaching job in a public school. I was a public school kid all the way through um, and got really involved at my little tiny parish. And my pastor um, kept asking me questions and I was young enough to keep saying yes <laughs> and, <laughs> and to get involved and do things like taking on the role of the uh, the DRE and starting a Bible study for our young college girls and and starting youth group and all of things like that. So, um, so while I was doing, um, you know, my teaching career, like, you know, I had, that was what my, my degree was in elementary education and I felt very comfortable in the classroom. And then I was volunteering in my parish and inevitably making resources because there were gaps that I couldn't find exactly what I was looking for that had a strong Catholic identity or Maybe um, I was looking for something that would work for a variety of ages. We were a really small parish. And so a lot of times if I was planning something, it was for a huge range of kids, you know, so it couldn't just be something that only worked for second graders, for example. And so I started making resources and some of the DREs in my community asked me to share things, which I was very willing to do. Um, and I, I joke that like some of the first times I did that, I would take things to different meetings or conferences and say, oh yeah, here, just write down your email on this list and I'll go home and I'll email you all the files. Well, I don't know what it is, but people, when they write down their emails, there is nothing more illegible sometimes than the way people <laughs> write out their own email addresses. So yes. And so I would, <laughs> I would go home and type it all out and then, you know, half of them would come back undeliverable. So Long story short, I had started a blog with no intents and purposes to do much with it. This was about um, like 12, 13 years ago. And so I started putting the files up on this blog merely as a way to save myself from having to type all of those emails in. So I'm like, I'm so glad you like this. If you want to have it, it's here for you at this website, free, you can print it out, et cetera. Well, um, that was, that wasn't, it wasn't a super big deal for a couple of years. And then it really, really started to take off. So about a decade ago, I really turned everything on the website. That's all it is. is it's free teaching resources for our Catholic faith. Um, and I don't know if it's the advent of, you know, whether it's social media or whether it's Pinterest or whatever it might be, or just a need for resources that are authentically Catholic and and aren't just intended for really young kids. I, I teach uh, middle school, and so I'm constantly making resources for them. So anyways, that's what it is. is it's um, I switched and I've been teaching in Catholic school for about a dozen years. And so almost, you know, anything I'm making for my classroom, I'm almost always sharing it on the blog because I figure it shouldn't be, you know, going to waste in a file when someone else could be putting it to good use. So that's the origin story. <laughs> and I'm so glad. I'm so glad. So through your many years of teaching now, what what observations or thoughts might you have to share with us that from public school through Catholic school mm -hmm. through where you are now? Yeah, I mean, so um, I grew up in the country, and so Catholic schooling wasn't really an option for my family. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't have any regrets about my public school education, um, but things have changed quite a bit <laughs> since then. And so when I had the opportunity to switch to teach in a Catholic school, and I'm in a, in a thriving Catholic school with an incredibly strong, rich Catholic identity and a strong pastor and strong leadership in our principal, and it it is such a gift to get to live that out um, as a school community. Um, but I also have so many friends who are educating their kids at home. And like, I see the richness and the beauty of the way that they are, you know, imbuing their faith in everything they do together. And so I just, I think it's a real blessing that we have so many options in in our, in our country for how we can do what is best for the children in our lives um, and, and have so many different opportunities to share the faith with them as well as educate them for the future. Definitely. I'm, I'm a product of public schools as well, small town. I kind of get where you're coming from there. Sherry, I, as I've been preparing this episode, I've come to realize I've, I have seen your work at, at your Catholic paper goods work over the years. And I didn't quite put it together until as we, until you started working on this episode. And, and so I want to hear all about it. Now your, your shop, Catholic paper goods, you also had are quite talented artistically in many other expressions. You have a design studio, your photographer, illustrator, homeschooling mom. So there's a broader picture there to fill in as well. Would you do that for us? Sure. Yeah, I am. I am. Yeah. Wife, a mom, a homeschool mother and artist extraordinaire sometimes, sometimes not. <laughs> I am, my husband travels a lot for work and we got married later in life and had our 
wonderful little miracle son, Luke. He's now, he turned 14 last week. And um, we've been homeschooling him since, goodness, fourth grade. He's eighth grade now. Okay. Um, but we moved from the city. We lived in Dallas and now we, we moved out to the country to 20 acres and we are building a house and homesteading and living in a tiny little trailer while we do that. So it's a little bit tight quarters right now. Oh, see. <laughs> yes. Yeah, take care of five bulls and two brand new great Pyrenees puppies. And <laughs> um, let's see, I started as a graphic designer um, 30 years ago, exactly out of school, have a painting and drawing degree and wanted to, to always just illustrate magazine covers and books. That was my fantasy. And then I got close to graduating and realized that I really wasn't employable with a painting degree. I had no idea what I was going to do. And it was right at the time when um, software for graphics just became, and this is aging me, um, computers weren't a thing. I was, you know, learning paste up and the old school methods in college. And I really wasn't into that. I didn't want to become a paste-up artist. But then all of a sudden, my senior year, this graduate student started a computers and art class. And I went, okay, I can get on board with this. I might want to know what this is about. And that sort of transformed my whole trajectory. I was like, ooh, I can I can get on board with this. This makes things efficient. You can experiment. And so I basically went across town to another university where I could design my own master's degree program and teach myself the software while as a um, graduate student lab advisor. Um, so it worked out really well. I, I got to train myself and then through that degree program, got to do an internship in downtown Dallas with a very small boutique design firm. And so they hired me after I graduated and um, that was great. It was a wonderful opportunity. I got to wear all the hats because there was just the two owners and me. And they were just slightly older than me. So we were all kind of young and dumb in our 20s. And <laughs> But I learned how to run a business because they kind of tasked me with, you know, wearing all the hats. Like I said, I did answer the phones. I um, cleaned the, the studio. I did all the billing, the invoicing and the shopping, all the stuff and the design. So it was a good um, experience. It taught me how to run a business, how not to run a business. And um, ultimately ended up doing oh goodness, corporate in-house design jobs after that, just because I didn't like the hours of an agency. It's very, very hard to have a life <laughs> when you're working six, seven days a week. So um, that kind of changed my my direction. I, I, I got to be in the corporate world, um, made a lot of good connections there. And then in 2000, when the tech bubble burst, I got laid off from that job and decided I always wanted to freelance and they weren't eliminating the magazine that I was art directing for this corporation. So I asked if I could continue to do it. And that's how my freelance business was born. <laughs> so I walked away with the same job, but being able to work from home and, and it was a, such a blessing. So, um, you know, fast forward, it allowed me to travel, to go to Europe and then <laughs> met my amazing husband, Both he had been in the seminary and left and my parents knew him from Sarah club and, it was just such a crazy thing. We met and, you know, a year later we were married and then we had our child the next year and it was just, you know, so I ended up being able to, it was a gift because I got to raise my son and still work um, from home and pursue all the things. <laughs> um, but then I started feeling a nudge to do something for the faith. And I was in a Bible study, women's Bible study at my parish at the time. And I kept having this feeling that I was supposed to do something for kids, but I didn't know what it was. And I would pray for guidance because I just wasn't getting it. And then um, and it took like two, two or three years before I had a dream with all of these greeting cards for sacraments laid out on my table. And I got up and I was like, Ooh, okay. I started sketching them all out. And then I just kind of went from there. I wanted to make beautiful things. Um, that, that didn't exist. Greeting cards for sacraments that are more modern and more graphic and just different style than what you're used to seeing. And because my husband had been in the seminary, I uh, we knew all the, the guys that he was going through formation with that were becoming priests and you know, deacons and priests at that point. And I really wanted to do invitations for them, you know, and just that was kind of my my gift to them. It was like, Ooh, let's make something really beautiful for your ordination at first mass. And so I thought that would be a great thing to offer to people, but in 
until I started the Etsy shop, I had no idea how to make that work. So it was a good place to kind of house, kind of like Katie said, house all of these ideas in one place. And it was just an experiment. Um, I didn't really have a plan or know what I was going to do with that because it was just a side project. You know, I still was doing a lot of corporate work. Um, but then, you know, over the past few years, it's become more and more of, of what I'd rather be doing. <laughs> and I've done less and less corporate work and more and more um, Catholic paper goods work, which is a blessing. Here again, I'm struck by your generosity. Uh, you make a generous gift to folks who sign up for your newsletter and and peruse your website and things like that. I'm I'm quite partial to the the cards you have that are mass offering cards. I think they're quite lovely. That's a particular I have a particular um I don't know what the word is for it, but I like to be able to have masses offered for folks for certain intentions. So to have a beautiful card to send to mark that, I think I think that's just lovely. When I worked for the orchestra many years ago, one of the my favorite things was being able to see the work that was coming from the graphic designers, the signage and all of the mailings that we put out. I just loved that whole process. I didn't know anything about it, but I thought it was so fascinating. So the trips we got to take, there were relatively few, but the trips we did get to take to the the uh, designer's office, I thought that was just so fun. So anyway, I have a great curiosity about how all that works. So let me ask you, how do you make all of this work? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> you know, I can get to get carried away with the, the creative process and neglect other things. But uh, the the best part is my son really, in fact, we just had this conversation about half an hour ago. He came in to show me all of these drawings and, and basically posters that he's been doing all day. And I'm looking at it going, I said, say, we had a candid conversation. I said, so do you really, can you see yourself doing this? Because he's watched me his whole life doing it, you know, and he's learning the software and he'd rather be doing that than anything else. So it's kind of good because at least we both are doing the same thing, <laughs> but you know, he, um, he's a blessing. He, he likes history and religion. He's not so much, um, keen on other subjects so we're working on that but okay, fair enough we sit together all day and kind of at least it gives us a chance to work together and, and talk through things and um you know fortunately living in a trailer right now keeping up with cleaning isn't so difficult yes there's that <laughs> <laughs> but you know it has it takes a toll from time to time I, I was really grateful to have a light, nice long thanksgiving holiday with my parents because it, I wasn't drawing for four days, which is kind of constant, <laughs> but it is a balancing act for sure. Um, and it has transformed. Like I said, I don't do as much corporate work right now. He really needs more of my attention and I need to figure out well, how, to, how to homeschool a high schooler here coming up soon. So yeah. <laughs> there's that. It's, yeah. So do you have, what advice might you have for aspiring artists or illustrators, designers, folks of that nature. Yeah. Well, our younger it's listeners. a different world than the one I grew up in and in a good way. I don't really think you need a college degree to do this anymore. Um, okay. There are so many resources online for how to learn software and how, you know, hone your skills. There are so many different areas in graphics and illustration too, that you can pursue, you know, um, I have a hard time narrowing it down and you can tell by my shop that I have a difficult decision making because I don't have one. Right. <laughs> and I don't see that as a negative. It's fun because it's like, I've waited more than 50 years to, to do all the things, you know, yeah. so it gives me that creative freedom, but you know, there are just so many different avenues. You can do pattern surface design for fabrics and, you know, and then there are online marketplaces to sell those things. So um, I would say if you have any kind of artistic talent, you know, there are so many more opportunities for how to make a living at it. But yeah, you definitely do need to study up on the business side of things. Okay. Um, you know, but other than that, I mean, the good, the good eye, you can go far. <laughs> yes. So has art been, have you, was, has this been your outlet, so to speak, for the majority of your life? Is this kind of? Yes. And I knew by the time I was five, what I was going to do. And I know that's weird, but because people don't know that it's a very major grace for me because I, I've just never wavered in what I wanted to do. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
really didn't know how to go about it, but I never gave up on it. So there's that part. Yeah, that's a good thing. That that's an inspiration too that you're able to to take your your love and 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 do with it what you have be able to use the gift that you've been given in this way. That's wonderful. All right. So exactly. what as a small business owner, I think a a lot of our Colby families, I think, are also managing businesses alongside homeschooling. So do you have any words of advice or solidarity for them as, as they're listening, make trying to strike that balance. Yeah. I think focusing on your strengths and hiring out your weaknesses for help definitely. And it took me a long time to learn that, but um, you know, it, it's hard. It, no lie there. It's very difficult. Um, I mean, the corporate work that I've done over the years helped kind of t- to fund this little passion project of mine. And, you know, now that, that I'm not doing so much of that anymore, it's a little bit more difficult, um, especially in this economy. But, you know, I think that the best way of going about it is obviously to, to just play into what you do best and then trust that the Lord's got your back, you know, and he'll guide you to the right people to help. That's my experience anyway. True. And to have that uh, recognition that you, it's okay to seek out that help. It's not, yeah. Right. All right. Well, ladies, let's talk about your joint venture, this book, all about Advent and Christmas, sharing the seasons of hope and wonder. It's new this season. Could you tell us how this book came to be? A little bit about your collaborative process together, things like that. Where Where would you like to start? Sherry, do you want to talk about um, like working on the Saint trading cards? So maybe how we like got to know each other first, because that's what I think is maybe rare about this book is that we have actually been friends. I'm air quoting because we've never met in real life, but we've been friends for a long time. And then we happened um, to get to work on this book together. So Sherry, why don't you talk about our first collaborations and then maybe we can lead into how this became a book. Yeah. So when I started doing Catholic paper goods. I, I wanted to make a gift for my godson for his, for Christmas. And I had this idea of doing some St. Trading cards. And I firstly just made one St. Peter for Peter. And then I realized, no, you got to have a set. So I did all of his siblings and my son's Saint, patron saint. So you know, then I realized I had to print a bunch more out for all of the kids to have, otherwise they would all want them. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's kind of, it really had no intention of, of, you know, sitting down and intent, starting to draw saints every single day, but it became a thing. Like they, it was a hit with my nephews and, um, and my nieces and my my son. So I started deciding to to do them along with the liturgical calendar, draw them and post them on social media. And in the process, I couldn't keep up with the biographical side of things if I were drawing them. And I reached out to Katie, and and Katie, it's. So I knew who Katie was. Her, I knew her blog and her resources too. And um, when I first opened the Etsy shop, she and started the Instagram page. She always liked my stuff, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, Katie Poker!" <laughs> and <laughs> she actually was one of the first people to. I think she was the first person to buy um, John Paul II stickers in my shop. You know, and we started which I didn't know that communicate- until the, like like two weeks ago which is just a fun little tidbit so yeah <laughs> so we we traded messages back and forth and you know and I knew she had an Etsy shop too and whenever I had technical stuff I would say hey how do you make this work because I'm older and kind of not savvy and some of that stuff um but you know I just as asked her if she would be interested in helping me with the bio stuff, the information uh, for the saints, the stats for the back of the trading cards and she and trade off some of the stuff I had for her classroom for her to use in her classroom. And it worked out. So she started writing them and then I was able to just keep drawing and then design all the stuff and put them together. And, you know, I don't know, we just traded a lot of messages. And then we ultimately ended up having a couple of phone conversations. And anytime I would have an idea for, the kids activity, because I'm not a trained teacher, you know, I had no idea. I, I'm trying to appeal to a broad age range. And I'd said, and I would really look to her like, does this work? You know, I just, just text her photos of, you know, what I'm working on. Like, I don't have an idea how to flesh this out. You know, what could this turn into? And every single time she'd be like, right on it. You have, you need to make this, 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 and, you, you know, add some catechesis in it by adding this. And I was like, Oh yeah, you know, thank you. So 
And then I'd send, you know, I have an, an open Katie folder that all the files go to. And I'm like a little behind on adding that, uh, updating that for you. I need to get on that. But um, all the resources are in one place for her to use. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, I mean, that's where we met. It was a really a kind of seamless relationship. We have a lot in common, I think, um, from a family history perspective. And um, just, it's a fantastic friendship. So when this came about, it was a no brainer for me. <laughs> so, and I, I really respected when Sherry kind of came on the scene and I started following her on social media, I was really excited because there are a lot of wonderful Catholic makers and artists out there who are making beautiful things. And, um, but some of that is like really like lovely art to hang in your home. And then some of it is more catechetical work to use, whether it's in your classroom or with your own children at home. But there's not a lot that is attractive for, you know, middle school and high school kids. And as someone who has, um, in my parish ministry, I did a little bit of everything, but really zoomed in on the junior high and high school. And then in my teaching career, I've always taught fifth through eighth grade. And so to, for Sherry to make these really, really lovely, you know, coloring pages and trading cards and activities and posters that were um, like clearly Catholic and, um, but were also like uniquely her own style. Like, like you said, Bonnie, you know, once you started looking at Sherry's stuff, you recognized it because she does have like definitely has her mark on things, but I really appreciated that they weren't like babyish looking. They weren't too cartoonish. They were really appropriate and elevated for the age of kids I was working with. So it's been a really fun collaboration because she has, has gifts and talents that I do not. Um, but we also are really like-minded on a lot of things. So I feel like I'm receiving all of these blessings because I get to take her resources and use them in my classroom. And sometimes I even have a say in how they, how they're created or what style they are or the information that's on there. So it's been really fun to work together. And I think that that's been what, Jerry, like maybe five years ago or so. Yeah. Yeah. So then, um, so I've written a few books and so with the St. Paul center, which not everyone's heard of that, but everyone is familiar with Dr. Scott Hahn. And so it's the publishing house um, that publishes all of his books that he um, works through and founded. And so um, my first two books are um, one of them is called through the year with Jesus. And one is through the year with Mary. And they're a little bit longer, a little more um, devotional style where I, for example, through the year with Jesus takes a story from the gospels and um, gives Lexio Divina prompts for that gospel and discussion questions and things to help adults have good conversations with their children about the scriptures. Um, and for those, both of those books, we decided to put beautiful classic sacred art in it from across the century. So the Marian book, for example, has works of art that literally cover like, I mean, over a thousand years and hit most of the continents in the world. And that was that that fit the you know the tone of those two books like the gravity of them. Um, but when they asked me to write this next book, which we knew was going to be titled something like all about Advent, and was going to be um, more about like the customs and the the reason why Advent the season of Advent is different from the rest of the liturgical year, we knew we wanted it to have a little more of a like a playful, childlike, attractive. Um, style so that kids could would be more likely to to pick it up and and flip through it and it was kind of rare this doesn't usually happen in traditional publishing but they actually asked me very early on to put forth the name of illustrators that I thought could achieve that if that makes sense usually what typically happens is the author completes the manuscript and turns it in and then you know several months later they might get an email that's like oh plop here's the book it's done you know <laughs> so there isn't always a ton of collaboration and i was very blessed um in that i got to put forth names and sherry was on that list <laughs> and they they contacted her and she said yes um and i really think that both sherry and i walked into creating this book with our own you know gifts and talents and skill set and background knowledge but the reason the book is as good as it is, is because we worked together, like throughout the entire process. Um, and that was really amazing. So Sherry would be working on something and she would, you know, text me options. Like, do you like this one or do you like this one? Or I'm working on this topic. Like, I can't get a picture in my head of what you were explaining. Like, can you describe some of the things and help me brainstorm? Um, and, and the opposite a little bit too, like um, Sherry talks about like when the first time she read through the manuscript, like things that stood out to her that maybe were, I mean, obviously I wrote them, so they mattered, but they they weren't prominent in my mind. And, and she had a vision instantly of what she was going to draw. And several of those things are the first thing that people notice when they flip through the book. 
Um, so I, I just can't speak highly enough of the relationship that we had. And, and that is what made this book, uh, you know, as good as it could possibly be. <laughs> so it contains uh, customs and saints from across time and around the world, right? So could you say a bit about a bit more about that and maybe give us one or two examples of, of those? Yeah, sure. So the book is a little different than a lot of other Advent books. That's something that was really important to me. Um, I didn't set out to become an author. It was never like a big dream that I had. And now that I, now that I'm doing it, I love it, but it wasn't really a goal. I, it was more so that I wanted to create resources that didn't already exist. I already kind of mentioned that in the way that my blog came about. And so um, I, I have a pretty good pulse on, on Catholic publishing and have a lot of Catholic books in my classroom and, and receive a lot of books for review. And so I, it, it is pretty obvious that there are some gaps, if that makes sense. Like there are certain things that get published over and over um, in different variations. And there are other things that that don't always get <laughs> as much attention. And so um, when we talked about making this Advent book, I knew that I didn't want to make it a daily devotional. I knew that we didn't need another Jesse Tree book, as lovely as the Jesse Tree is. Um, I knew that it needed to be something that instead um, didn't so much give like the how or like this is what you should do each day but instead gave the why. Like, what is the season of Advent? What sets it apart? How does everything in Advent lead into the season of Christmas, the season of Christmas, not just a single day? <laughs> um, and, and then most importantly of all, how do those two seasons tell us, what do they tell us about the life of Christ? And because that's the goal of the entire liturgical year. And so the book is not so much something that you would pick up and you know maybe use one year. Rather, it's almost like a little mini Advent encyclopedia that talks about salvation history and God's plan for setting the Messiah. And then it goes into Advent customs that we would recognize, like, you know, the Advent wreath, of course, and the Jesse tree. Um, and then, as you mentioned, Bonnie, it does have um, some of those really popular saints that fall during December, like St. Nicholas and St. Lucy and Juan Diego and Our Lady of Guadalupe. And along the way, we pepper in some sidebars and text boxes that give some practical ways for families to live that out. So it might be here's the text of a prayer that you can use, or here's a few ideas for what to do on that feast day. Um, but it was more important to us that we were telling the story of Advent and how it leads to the amazing celebration of the incarnation at Christmas. Very exciting. I, I work as a, a liturgical musician I have for a long, long time. So I brought that into my homeschooling with the kids. And even before we started homeschooling, just the celebration of the liturgical year. And so I have a real appreciation for the the attention you have devoted to uh, making this available to families. And maybe this is a good place to draw in uh, Stephen's word leisure here because so much of Advent is, well, a, a component of Advent is that sort of waiting, that expectation and that hopefulness. And so to get to that point, there has to be some attentiveness to uh, something very, that is not yet. And I mean, mm-hmm. A sort of lessening of what's all happening all around us and and so forth. And so um, I'm I'm seeing the uh, provenance of your word here, Stephen, of, of leisure. And, and so do you think you might want to say a few words about, about leisure as a concept? I think that culturally, we kind of think of it as we're kind of hanging out, we're not working, whatever, it's the opposite of work, whatever, but there is so much better than that. Would you, would you say a bit about that? Yeah, so I'm glad that you said that my word was good because as we were talking, I was thinking my word should have been anticipation, perhaps instead <laughs> of leisure. But, but maybe you know, so those two. Th- I was because as you're talking about these beautiful symbols and kind of pulling out the richness, and I was thinking back to being a child, and you know, for me, at the it was the J.C. Penney's catalog that would come out in the fall. That was, I was, you know, we didn't necessarily have, we, I wasn't Catholic at the time. We didn't have all of these sorts of symbolism, but it immediately like, oh, Christmas, this time of anticipation. And I would remember the feasts, you know, the things of Christmas, the kind of the mystery waking up on Christmas morning, all of those things. So there's, there's this good, um, this good inclination that, that I could adopt as a, as a child and, and it would have been sad had somebody said, no, 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 it's not all about all of those things. You know, that's not what Christmas is about, but it's like, no, no, you're just focused on the wrong things instead of all those Lego toys that you would really like to have. Um, what about these, this, this sort of um, building up toward 
this the greatest gift that you know that we can have. So I was, I was thinking about that as, as you were discussing, but as when I think of that, to for me, I remember thinking September to December to December twenty fifth was the longest period of time. It felt like it was, you know, years always. But um, but as a as a parent, or especially as you get older, or for me as I get older and busier. I, lose that anticipation that that ability to to sit and reflect and to think about the the saints the symbolism all of those things that are leading up to this most important event for us you know that we should have that i mean okay it would be weird if i was running around like i was as a you know an 8 year old excited about christmas probably but you know feeling that inside and and having but having that time so leisure not so much like you said, Bonnie, as a time of just wasting your time, but like all the ability to think about things, the ability to reflect deeply involves a stepping back from the daily sort of mess that we have to do. Or even for many of us, and when it comes to Advent and preparing for Christmas and think, okay, I've got to do got to do the Christmas cards. Okay. I don't do the Christmas cards, Christmas cookies. Okay. My daughters take care of the Christmas cookies. So I've, I've, a lot of those things have now been pushed off to other people, but um, there is a, a bit of a high fast paced sort of thing that tends to kind of get in the way of, of setting aside the time to light those Advent candles, you know, to think about what's the meaning behind these things. And, yeah. So that's what that's what I was thinking of with leisure initially was that that more the free space to to not have your mind cluttered with all of the daily stuff and the anticipating the work coming up, but rather to think about, you know, our Lord's coming, the you know, what's happening during Advent, those those beautiful um, oh antiphons or what, you know, whatever it happens to be to really have the time to soak that up. You know, I guess that's, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Can help you zoom out a bit. Okay. So how's it going so far with your, your book? It, it, when this airs, the book has been out for a little bit. How's it going? Um, well, good. It, it sold out, <laughs> which is a, 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 okay. a, a wonderful, good, bad problem to have for a seasonal <laughs> book. And so I think by the time this comes out, um, so fortunately the publisher saw during the pre-order time in, gosh, was that early October, Sherry? I think that they decided to go ahead and start the print, the second print run before the release even happened, which was really wise because, so we sold out, um, about a week and a half or so ago, which is great. Um, and then the new books will be in, um, they should start shipping right around the first Sunday of Advent. So by the time this airs, if you're hearing this and want to order one, you should get it right away. Um, and that, and like I said, that makes me, it makes me really grateful that we didn't go with like a dated devotional or something. This is more so giving parents the language to explain these beautiful customs and, and the meaning behind Advent. So, so in that way, I think it's going really well. Another thing um, that has been really exciting for me to hear is on both ends of the spectrum. So whether it is someone who is, um, maybe they're a convert to the faith, or maybe they are, are like, they kind of reverted back and they're really practicing their faith now. They have, I've heard from a lot of moms and teachers that have said, this is everything that I need. Um, it gives me all of the words to explain. I had no idea why we did these things, or I had never heard of this, for example. But on the other hand, I spent some time with some really, really wonderful, faithful parents who grew up Catholic and, and I thought were like, you know, like liturgical living gold medalists, you know, like, and, and they, and I've also heard from them that like, oh, I, I mean, I'd heard of this, but I had no idea that this was the meaning behind it. Or, oh my goodness, the way you explain this, like I never could have, I never would have thought of that. Or, you know, I I wouldn't have even ever, it wouldn't have occurred to me to ever talk about the O antiphons with my children. I had, you know, didn't think that I could do that. It seemed way too difficult. Um, or like, oh my gosh, you put Latin in the book, Katie, are you serious? So, so, so things like that have been really, really wonderful to hear that like literally from someone who is brand new, maybe this is their first Advent as a Catholic, there's something in it for them, but someone who has been living Advent for their entire life, there, there's also a richness and a depth that can help them. So that's probably been my most exciting thing um, as the book has come out. I don't know about you, Sherry, what are you thinking about it? Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, for me, it, yeah, we, 
I like you, we didn't grow up as a family, even though it was a very strong Catholic faithful family, we did not have an advent wreath until I want to say, I was even talking with the, my parents about this over the weekend until, you know, I was like middle school, high school. And even then it was decorative. My mom and I were just laughing because she never lit the candles. <laughs> there was just like the dining room table decor, you know, so we didn't, we didn't do that intentionally light the candles and do the prayers because I mean, even they didn't know that my dad said, we had no idea what Advent meant. So, you know, and I honestly, as a revert, I did not know all of these rich and customs until I made it a pact with myself to, you know, go in whole hog. Um, gosh, that was many, many years ago now, but, um, you know, in learning all of these these things, uh, it was kind of great when the book, when she sent the manuscript, because I was like, okay, good, I've heard of most of everything in here, but <laughs> maybe not to the degree that which the, that she had written it. But yeah, I mean, being able to not just observe the the, the feast days of the saints during there, or um, the the week by week Advent candle lighting, or the O antiphons when we get towards the end there. Um, how that all plays into your daily prayer life and how you had that sense of waiting, anticipation, leisure, like you talked about. Um, my husband and I, a few years ago, decided that, you know, I, we didn't understand that it was more of a, a penitential season, obviously not as as much as Lent is, but we decided as a family that we were going to use the four weeks of Advent to kind of walk like do during Lent, like we would not be partaking in the the sugary sweets that we all in our house love so much, you know, except on Sundays, or if we had a party, we would we would partake. But you know, we decided to kind of to make that um, our our you know, as a way of observing the penitential aspect of the season and the the anticipation and the serious side of it, while also acknowledging that we're waiting for the light of the world to come. That there's a whole goal in this darkness to light, which is a big theme of the book running through it in every aspect that Katie wrote about. And the subsequent illustrations had to do with that dark to light and the season of hope. Wonderful. So how long, how long has this been in the works then from, when did this kind of like get rolling? So I think um, technically I know that in the summer of 2022, um, and, and I think it was actually really before that, but I had a really, I actually got to meet my editor in person for the first time. I'm in Illinois, she's in Ohio. And, and while I was with her, we literally sat down um, and we didn't write anything, but we actually flipped through a collection of her children's books, looking for something that carried like the design tone that we were looking for, because we knew that that would kind of form the way that I would write this. Cause you know, this isn't the same as writing you know, uh, in a book for adults that it's, you know, it's 20 chapters and, you know, 75,000 words or whatever it is. So, um, so that was actually, I know we had that conversation. So it was in the works in early 2022. Um, and then I wrote the manuscript. I actually got to work on it over Advent last year, which was really special because it's one thing to be making a plan. Like it had been, you know, I had ha outlined it in the late summer. We signed a contract last fall. Um, but to live through Advent and the things that you notice when you are in tune with that topic, I was constantly like, like snapping photos, um, you know, using my phone of the missalette in mass or like frantically, you know, like making quick notes of like, oh, I have to make sure this song gets on the hymn list and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, that was really beautiful. And then I finished the manuscript, I think it was in February and it went out to Sherry. And of course we were, you know, we were talking in that time, but not really working super seriously. And then um, really over the summer is where Sherry really dove. So I fortunately got to do a bulk of the writing during the season or around the season of Advent. Sherry, on the other hand, did most of the illustrations over the summer. God bless her. And so she's been like cranking the Advent tunes for months. But <laughs> <laughs> Yep. I love Advent Christmas music, but boy, I'm not as antsy to the plan. Now. <laughs> but that really helped because it was, you know, we're talking like 109 degree Texas summer and yeah, mm -hmm. had to get in the, in the spirit there. But yes. I, I think for me getting started was the biggest challenge because this isn't a typical book. And the thing I was most excited about was that they asked me if I would also design the book, not just illustrate it. And so that was um, fantastic, but it was a massive puzzle to solve. 
um, because it was written in like table form because it's that there is a text that runs through the book like Katie explained each chapter the story runs through it and then you know, there are a lot of sidebars and infographics and did you know and prayers to know and words to know all those important things for kids to to understand which I appreciate because there are words like kerygma in there I mean in I don't know anybody that my age that learned what kerygma means and as a child. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this, the fact that there were so many parts to it and knowing that it needed to all come together in a cohesive manner and also be simple enough yet illustrative enough for kids to be able to both read and be read to and see the, the, images as well as the text and see how that all works together for me that that was the funnest part of the story is making it all come alive that way um but it took a lot of time for me to pace it look at at the printouts on the floor make notes and just figure out how it was all going to form together and once we finally got that plan in place then I could start the actual drawings um so yeah it took a while it was it was a labor-intensive project but I'm actually grateful it was during the summer because I didn't really have to mess with homeschool at the time. So it was good. <laughs> have that, that less, you know. That's a good strategy too, with the hot weather to be uh, thinking of the cold, cold times of the year <laughs> to, to uh, cope with the hot weather. Yeah. And you, you've had a, a far longer Advent season this year with working on this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> By the time Christmas comes, <laughs> you'll be quite, Yes. <laughs> I, I know that we have talked about, so Sherry and our editor, Melissa, and I have all talked about, I think all of us are really excited because yes. by the time Advent starts, a lot of the marketing for the book will will slow down and all of that. So we will actually just get to be, we will get to have that leisure that, that we've been talking about and that, you know, we'll get to enter in and actually pray through Advent. I feel like I've been living Advent and the anticipation for well over a year, but I am really, really excited I am, I am. I don't think I've ever been more ready to actually enter into Advent. So I'm really excited about that. Amen. <laughs> okay. So looking a little bit beyond Christmas and Advent into Christmas, the Christmas season, you, you each have developed lots of resources for the, the other liturgical seasons, um, sacraments, Christian life. Would you each say a bit about what you have to offer there, maybe um, something that you look forward to in the in the new liturgical year at po- post Christmas. Yeah, sure. So um, I think that so I I am single and don't have kids of my own. Um, I'm an aunt of six, and then obviously spend all day with my students. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I think kind of intimidated me when I first started to really live my Catholic faith vibrantly as a young adult was that. The liturgical year looked incredibly attractive to me, but in my viewpoint, which was mostly framed through social media and Pinterest and things like that, it seemed like everything in the liturgical year was centered around cute crafts and fun snacks or meal ideas. And, um, and I, and, and those are, those are wonderful. Those are absolutely wonderful things to weave into our liturgical living, especially with children. But as a single woman, it it was hard because to me, I'm like, well, I'm not going to not going to make a little, little snack craft for myself or whatever. So, um, so something that has happened as I have like grown and matured in my faith, um, that has been really helpful to me that I feel uh, it is important to share because no matter whether you have kids, no matter what age your kids are, no matter, you know, maybe you're not a crafty type person, the idea of, you know, cutting and gluing and glitter just like gives you the heebie-jeebies, like it doesn't have to be that. Um, and so some of my favorite ways to live liturgically, and especially when I think about the new liturgical year and just every new season as it comes, um, is switching out things like books and music and art, um, both personally for me in my own home and also in my classroom. And I really think that those are universally attractive, that you don't have to necessarily be crafty. You don't have to worry about food allergies. You don't have to do all of those things. So just something as simple as having a piece of artwork and that doesn't have to be expensive. You can print something in the public domain at Office Max or whatever um, to just give a center focal point for the season. And in my classroom, I switch out my book baskets. Like I'm really big on my blog with book lists that I've been working on curating for a couple of years and really organizing those well so that you have things at your fingertips to help you live the season. But as an adult, like I have books that I like to read 
um, at different seasons um, and listening to music. And I know like Bonnie, you could tell us a thing or two, I'm sure about that, but, you know, curating playlists that, um, you know, we're inundated by, you know, Christmas music and Hobby Lobby in October. So maybe we should make sure that we have some Advent music that is still beautiful, but has that anticipatory tone to it. So things like that, that I just want to encourage anyone who's listening, no matter what age your kids are or where you're at in your family life, that those three things I think are really important books, music, um, and art. I think it will change the tone of your house. And, and because those are the things that our church does, right? Like they flow from the mass. And so our church communities, they, you know, we sing different music during different liturgical seasons. Um, while the, the art itself might not change precisely, but you understand what I mean? We have different things, you know, on display or switched out or, um, the flowers or lack thereof, you know, change. Um, and then of course, what we read in scripture changes throughout the seasons. And so I think that, that those things can really help us to live liturgically. And that has really helped me as I've grown in living the liturgical year to move beyond maybe the cute things that are important, um, but aren't the only way to do it. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah. How about you, Sherry? Yeah. I like, I've been, um, making it a point to create resources for all the seasons. Um, especially the, the ones that are more secular and how they can connect to Catholic faith for kids rather than getting caught up in the materialism. So the, obviously the Advent and Christmas stuff, there are several activities for that, but also for Lent um, and Valentine's Day. Um, the, that's the, the All Saints Day, Christmas, Advent, and Lent and Valentine's Day are the biggest things in my shop by far. Um, so yeah, I like to do, you know, twist on Catholic versions of Valentine's and the saints. I, I have several things that have quotes about love from the saints. Um, same thing with Lent, you know, there's bingo games and a way to associate the, the, um, elements of the season with having fun, you know, cause I, I didn't grow up knowing any of this stuff. Um, I'm so grateful that my son has more of a picture of how scripture and the mass and the sacraments tie into our daily ebb and flow. You know, I didn't have, I didn't understand how all that fits together. And that was my, my utmost goal, obviously for his sake was to, for us to show him how our faith plays in every aspect of our day and our, our being. Um, so yeah, the, the, it, 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 I'm not a super mom with any of the crafty stuff. I, while I love it, I don't have time to, I might, you know, I'd, at the end of the day, I'm not sadly, very rarely do I actually print out and put together my own stuff. <laughs> I leave my child goes, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, Luke will put it together and that's good. Um, but you know, I have all these lofty plans. I have the longest notebook of ideas for stuff, but you know, so little time. Oh, sure. Yep. But I think as the, as the, as time wears on, there'll be more stuff. <laughs> so lots to check out on both sides. Sorry, Stephen, go ahead. Oh yeah. I'm, well, I'm just kind of reassured by the, the lack of craftiness necessarily, because that, that's not a big thing in our family, the craft sort of stuff. But I was, as you were talking, I was just thinking I had a friend at one point who, when Advent was coming, he decided he was decided he was going to throw a liturgical New Year party. Fine. And so he invited the the local priest and who came, we would bring our Advent candles, he'd bless the candles and we'd sing hymns and everybody would kind of bring something to, you know, so it wasn't a burden on anybody. But as, as you were talking, it was just like those, just the you know, it doesn't have to be all the crafts, right? It, it can just, just pay attention, you know, make it something more than just, oh, oh yeah, we went to mass today and there were the candles out there sort of thing. But just, a, you know, we can be a little bit uh, anti-establishment, I guess, or anti, you know, by just saying, yes, New Year's is a big deal for the world, you know, with, with the apple dropping or whatever, all of the stuff. But, you know, let's, let's just take a little bit of time to, to kind of uh, emphasize these big moments that happen every year. We're going to go through this cycle year or year, but to, it's, a, it's a big, it's a big thing to 
startup or year or to move to Lent or to celebrate the resurrection or to celebrate the uh, Pentecost and the Holy Spirit coming down just to you know, make that a little bit more of a significant part, I think, is whether there's crafts or meals or parties, um, just a little bit. It seems that's a good, it's a good reminder for me. But Nice to have the, uh, the reference points in our memories of, of points throughout life in reference to what liturgical season they fell within <laughs> alongside, you know, the seasons of the year of like winter, spring, whatever, but sometimes, oh, remember that Lent when Anyway, anyway, I think that's kind of neat. Okay. All right. So tell us where to find the book. So it is available from uh, the St. Paul Center. So that's just, it's ststpaul.com, or sorry, stpaulcenter.com. Um, and the advantage to ordering it from the publisher, which is, it's always nice to support the publisher, is that Sherry and I, I mean, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that we would just create a book and not make resources to go with it, right? Like, you don't know us very well if that's the case. <laughs> so we, we made some matching resources and it's everything from like a really simple coloring page of the Advent wreath to um, a really like a more in-depth, um, it's actually a Bible study of the Oantiphons that show the connection between the Old and the New Testament. And then um, the favorite that I hear is that there is a, there's a clickable PDF calendar that has something for every single day of the Advent season and the entire Christmas season. And so um, with like, you know, very little planning ahead and it's everything from, it does have some of those crafts that you can print out and do at home. It's got, um, but it also has like links to YouTube videos about the saints that fall during Advent and meal ideas and um, playlists of songs and, and things just to make Advent accessible at your fingertips. And not that any of us need to do even a fraction of those, but that way you don't have to go and scour and look for everything. It's all there. So if you order from the St. Paul Center, you get all those things for free. Um, it's also available on Amazon. Um, and I also like to encourage people to ask for it at their local Catholic bookstore. Um, even if they don't have it in stock, they'll be able to order it. And then you're you're supporting your local economy and that local store that we all hope stay open, stays open. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so... We'll have a link to that in our show notes to the St. Paul Center, the book on the St. Paul Center's website. Um, also, we'll have links to both of your websites, looktohimandberadiant.com and catholicpapergoods.com. Any final thoughts or takeaways you want to leave with us? Just this whole experience was so amazing. The Just the collaboration, the fact that we could text each other late at night and bounce ideas off each other. And it was just a joy to create. It was the hard, hard work, but it was also, you know, in retrospect, I miss the the constant interaction in the drawing. For the first time in my life, I just, I got to draw all the time, <laughs> not doing some of the other lesser fun things, but um, it was, it was a gift. It took a true blessing to be able to offer kids this information that I didn't receive when I was a kid. And, and Katie is just a joy, her enthusiasm and her, her ideas. She's just, it's just a blast to work on. Yeah. And I would just kind of piggyback on that. Just that I, um, I really, really hope that this book is something, you know, we obviously live in a world where consumerism is so quick. And so, you know, we talk about fast fashion and there's also an element of that sometimes in books that we get and then, you know, quickly discard or don't use again. So that is something that was really important to me as we were creating this book is that I wanted it to be something that would be, um, I don't know, legacy is probably way too strong of a word, but like meaning something that you could put on the shelf and pull back off and use again and again with your kids. Um, I'm really careful to not write something that is specific, really specific to a particular age. And I've also gotten so many messages from people um, that maybe initially bought the book like out of support of Sherry and or I. Um, that are adults and don't have kids in their houses anymore. Um, and they're like, oh, no, actually, like, this is lovely. I really, I like bought like four more copies to give my friends who are grownups. And we're going to use it as like a coffee table book during Advent because they think it's so beautiful to be able to to open um, and reflect on those different elements of the season. So I guess that that's just a little, a little takeaway is that our goal was not to make something that was consumable, that would be quick, that we were trying to create something more timeless that hopefully can be used for years for years in your home or in your classroom. Love that. It's it's really quite a, an honor to get to visit with both of you and to you two together as friends, to get to see a, a glimpse of the friendship that you share. I think that's really beautiful. And, and what a treat to get to see that in action. 
I was thinking the same thing, Bonnie. I was, I was, I'd be, I've been thinking recently about how much more wonderful friendship is when it involves the faith, you know, when we're united like that. And so I'm so grateful for your, your friendship for the kind of that brought you together for this. I'm sure that was a wonderful experience, but also just grateful that now you're going to share that with a lot of people that you might not ever get to meet, but this will be a, a help to them, like you're saying, with the books, their family, and just kind of getting to share a little bit of, of that experience that you had together while walking through Advent and preparing. So yeah, that's, thank you. <laughs> thank you for uh, sharing this with us. All right, Katie and Sherry, thank you so much again for coming to visit with us today and for this beautiful book and, and for the fruits of the collaborations you all have under, undertaken together. And we look forward to seeing what's coming next. And we sure do appreciate getting our, getting our chance to visit with you today. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Subscribe to the Colby Cast on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss an episode. And let us know how we're doing by leaving a rating or a review. And as always, feel free to email us at podcast at colby.org. Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Colby, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam.